Wake up. Freedom's on the rise. Freedom's Rising. Today is June 29th, 2022, and you are participating in the Rise of Freedom. Be sure to fasten your seatbelts and put your chairs in the upright and locked position as we free more minds with Freedom's Rising today. And This is episode 18 of the Freedoms Rising series. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening, and I appreciate uh, any feedback that people could provide 18 episodes in. Honest feedback. You can be kind. You don't need to be mean to your flight attendant here on the rise to freedom. Uh, That intro was from a band that most people probably haven't heard of, Floater. Um, off an old album, Alter, and still deciding if I want to play the whole song on the outro, but I thought that intro was cool, and uh, that's simply why I put it there. I thought it's kind of like, here we go, you know, we're getting ready to to rise up, rising on up, getting fire in the minds, getting our revolution ready. We're going to do some January 6th reenactments in, in preparation. No, I don't know. I mean, obviously there were things that went down on January 6th and people that are like, well, nothing happened. It was, you know, like this goes back to those radical extreme, you know, positions that we touched on a little bit yesterday that if you put yourself in a box and then have to defend that box, if it's incorrect, I mean, you just look foolish and you're, you're not intellectually consistent. It's not uh respectable either it's you know it sort of smells bad when you can see someone blind blindly you know supporting their political party without or their candidate you know their their guy their guru their thing that they're not willing to objectively then look at and there's a lot more you know i mean obviously it's not everything that the the left says went on that day either and there's some radical ideas about, you know, what, what actually happened, even, you know, the insurrection and the, kind of the fear porn around that. But then I don't want to get down in, into this rabbit hole, but the point is, is obviously that there's more to the whole story than just, oh, well, not, nothing at, at all happened. And, you know, Trump's just clean and innocent. And uh, the people that won't look at Operation Warp Speed, right, and... They won't look at any connections that Trump might have had that possibly he could be more, you know, corrupt and connected than his hardcore supporters are willing to look at. And we're, we're definitely here at Freedoms Rising. Tyler Bloyer is not a supporter of political candidates in general. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I consider Trump to be more of an operation than a legitimate phenomenon that occurred you know it was more of a a deep state operation you could call it uh something interesting with trump is his support of israel and i'm not being anti-semitic by saying that but looking more at the 
the Zionism and the Rothschild connections. It's the Rothschilds. Oh, oh. As long as it's it's Cecil Rhodes, it's the Rothschilds, it's the Federal Reserve Bank. No, I'm I'm just, you know, again, you know, going back with some of the mythology and also uncovering these things. What does it really provide us in the end? Insight, understanding, yes, it provides a better way to uh, move forward and understand and maybe even a more interesting person to talk to when you know, oh, you know, this is connected to this and this person's connected to this and, you know, here's where the actual connections are and this person and here's where the public's missing it. We we do need to expose the lies as we discussed yesterday. We do need, or a few episodes back at least, we need those people the, but it turns into a lot of kind of fear porn and a lot of people making connections that aren't necessarily there. But, oh, because they went to the same college around the same year, these people are obviously connected. But And, and again, there's value to that. There is. But I guess, the, you know, people spend... That's another sort of movement trap in a way that you, you get caught up in sort of that as being a new entertainment it's it's a new entertainment people that put the work out that make the connections for you and draw it up there are it's entertaining and it's it's like a novel you know and but it's but it's reality so it's even more interesting and i'm not saying don't do that activity and i find so much value in the people that have done that work and going in and you know researching various aspects whether it's uh you know the the history of american education uh whether it's whether it is really you know studying about the federal reserve bank and how that operates and how it came into existence and the history behind the banking empires and the banking cartels essentially the real power behind the throne in a lot of the cases um whether it's even even crazier stuff than that you know we we don't need to touch on it here exactly name everything but also that can be a place where we slip up and get caught up into all the details of all those things right and once you understand that there are some select few psychopaths that operate at very high levels of power that have been bred you could say to be a certain way and are ruthlessly dominating over the planet and I mean at what point do you need to know every little point of the conspiracy or every little detail of how it all works unless it's in order to escape it you know unless it's in order to expose it and and of course if that's your work to expose those things then you do need to know a lot more of the details but some people we tend to you know use that as a sort of entertainment in a way and that, that, that's all my point there was. I don't know exactly why I started touching on that. Because what we're covering now today is an extension of what we started covering yesterday in episode 17. And we started going down falling into movement traps and covering the falling into movement traps series part one. Today is part two of falling into the movement traps. And I'm reviewing some slides and also going over new, you know, sort of context that I've been able to work since this presentation was put in place in 2019 
Today we're going over the slides and the ideas again from the struggle for freedom. And this is the opening of the falling into the movement trap. So it's not we're not we're not going immediately down to the bottom of the rabbit hole and discussing the problem with the falling into the movement traps. And I hope to add also on the end more than I was able to go into last time and more depth. And as we've talked about, these episodes may end up not being exactly sequential, but then when we come back and do another falling into the movement traps, you know, if we're on part eight and then we do some other topics and then come back and do part nine, part 10, that may be how things unfold when I need to take more time to go actually add that new work in or the new ideas that I want to cap on to the top of the piece here for falling into the movement traps. But we're going slow today and we're just sort of getting some housekeeping out of the way still. We, we opened it up yesterday after doing a review of episode 16 where I, you know, came back from a small break and then really sort of laid out some of the issues I see with the freedom, freedoms rising, we could say, but or freedom movements in general. And people in the movement, so-called, and issues that come up with that. So we, we discussed that there. We, we did a highlight and recap on that. And, you know, the point is, is that freedom and the understanding of true freedom isn't a movement. It's not a political or economic solution. And although it's good to commune and, or, you know, it's good to meet up with, and it's good to know other people in these communities. It's also not a festival, you know, it's not a burning man. Uh, it's not a drugged out ayahuasca trip out in the desert, you know, listening to crazy music with all the young crazy kids, you know, taking it to the next level. Um, this stuff, a lot of those things were originally developed by you, what you could say as like dark entities or d deep state entities, uh, intelligence agencies, things like Woodstock and events like that since then have really been this sort of psychedelic revolution, which has been subverted in many ways and controlled and driven towards the direction of creating a certain type of culture like the deadhead, uh, you know, the sort of new agey, hey, hey, man, it's all love and light, bro. It's everything. You just need to take some ayahuasca, bro. And, and as long as you're out tripping balls and seeing the machine elves and, and Mother Gaia, we're here to save. You know, and it's like this new religion, the new age religion is tied into these festivals, to these, to the people, you know, getting drugged out on the beach in Anarchapulco and now they now they really see the truth and I, I and I know like even friends of mine would be like that's you know rude man like you're making fun of the thing that I like to do and now you're picking on and I was thinking about that this morning like that's unfortunate that even <laughs> I can't criticize the things that I see right without offending some people and be offended all all you'd like I mean it, it it's true nonetheless, that there is that aspect to this culture and even to things that I've discussed here and even to the, you know, coming up Jackalope Freedom Festival, which we'll be attending in support of the, you know, original meanings of, and 
traditions of the Jackalope Freedom Festival, which was, you know, I wasn't there at the founding. I, I maybe should sit Alma down and have this conversation with her. We've talked about having an interview on Freedoms Rising, but I, I want to get into like a hundred episodes deep before I start really pulling in other people and bringing on, you know, we're going to hear a lot of monologue from just Tyler. And of course we brought in clips and things like that in episodes previous, but as we're going through the struggle for freedom and falling into the movement traps, it's mainly just going to be me for now in the next few episodes, unless I think of something that I want to add in. Probably there will be things, but going back to my point about Jackalope before I get too far off track is that there are aspects to Jackalope, which are good, like the, you know, uh, living outside of, of the state, decentralizing things, um, making it free to avend, vend, attend, and camp, and sort of experiment with the idea of more decentralized way of ha having a festival, right? And some of those ideas can then actually be taken out into the real world and enacted in your own life and not in the festival and then the community can grow in a real way where people actually you know start to decentralize businesses or community or aspects of their lives that come out of, of an idea like that and i'm sort of you know butchering the whole idea of jackalope or what you know the the meaning of that could be or is but the point is, is that it's also, there's a, there's a culture of people that were attendants even last year and have been the whole time, which are more just concerned about like getting really fucked up on all kinds of different drugs and then like dancing around in the forest and they're solving the problem and oh, like all this energy they're creating is changing the world. And re really they're just like mind blown out on drugs, like dancing to the like that like really you know abrasive like but they they're like oh this is the best electronica music man you know like but it's what what does this shit have to do with anything to have to do with freedom you know these like people that have abandoned ship of their lives and travel around to the festivals all year i mean they may be living a pretty free life in their mind thinking that they're really free, but I'm not sure what aspect of that is contributing to the overall, you know, betterment of humanity on the planet in the end versus just sort of being this new agey, ayahuasca e DMT cult that, uh, in a lot of ways, like I said, have been created by the very forces that they may think they're opposing in the end or not even aware of. We can, can we could continue talking about this, but let's get back to the episode topic today, and um, we'll we'll talk about these things more in depth later in this series. We can get into, you know, the the conference goers, the festival crowd, the sort of new, new age movement, the druggy hippie culture, uh, the also like the new age love and light. Um, we'll, we'll get into that in the falling into the movement traps. Again, we've have to, we have to go and actually start at the beginning. We can't just jump in and start talking about all, again, the factoids and make a, an episode that's all about, you know, connecting this and that let, let, 
we, we need to do those things in the future with falling into the movement traps. But for now, we're still back at the start where we have to discover and understand that this slide that I have in front of me here, it's a gentleman who's got a blindfold over his eyes and he's sort of reaching out into, you know, space, trying to feeling around. And with this slide, I've put a quote that I haven't attributed to a specific person yet. So it's an anonymous quote. And it says, most people don't want the truth. They just want a, cons a constant reassurance that what they believe is the truth. So let me say that again. Most people don't want the truth. They just want a constant reassurance that what they believe is the truth. Okay, so that's, I think that was actually something Travis Walton said in his book. And I actually live really nearby, you know, the part of Arizona where his story unfolded. And it's an, you know, he's like an interesting figure in this community because people know who that is. And, um, but as he was trying to explain that, I think he, and we have actually a slide from him later in the deck here that talks about a similar variance of this quote. It might be coming up here pretty soon. Let me see. Yeah. It's a two slides away actually. So we'll get to that. And, but again, we're just hammering on that what we talked about yesterday, that it's not that you're talking the facts with people, with most people, you're, you're up against a worldview paradigm, presupposed assumptions about how things operate, or a constructed, you know, handmade provided, you know, uh, actually, the word I was looking for was like assembly line, philosophy or spinner rack, you know, philosophy, that that person just sees the world this way. And it's not really philosophy. And, you know, yesterday I, I used like the word, I think philosophy to describe the worldview of you, of eugenicists and thinking about philosophy, like philo, philos and Sophie, it's uh, the love of wisdom is how that would break down in its et etymological roots. So the love of wisdom is not, you know, it's not uh, proper to call what most people's worldview paradigm is uh, something that's a philosophy because it's not about wisdom. They're not in search for the truth. They're not making the truth um, such a big part of their life that it transforms them, you know, daily or, you know, and it, it transforms them in tremendous ways because of their love for wisdom is the highest, you know, goal of their life mostly what it is, is protecting the worldview paradigm, you know, having enemies and political enemies and the, you know, these false dialectics, and they don't actually want the truth. They want, as this quote says, a constant reassurance that what they believe is the truth, right? So as long as what they're accepting and seeing and hearing and getting, you know, their voice out about aligns with what they already think is true, that's where they're comfortable. That's where most people want to stay. They don't want to push the envelope and the edges. Maybe more younger and malleable people in their maybe late teens to 20s and are in a state of change and, you know, they'll do the opposite of what their parents did or whatever. But later in life, people seem to harden even more so towards not wanting to change up the worldview, not wanting to, you know... Uh, assess their assumptions, assess their paradigm and see if it makes sense. 
So moving on to the next slide I have here, it's a quote from Carl Jung, and it says, people will do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own soul. So put in more of a Jungian way, you know, people are not wanting to really connect with their true self, the imperial self. They would rather not deal and grapple with doing any shadow work and going in and you know, facing any of the deep, deep, dark night of their own soul, right? And their own makeup. And instead, they'll, it's the bread and circuses, right? It's uh, the constant political nonsense that's happening, the constant fear porn, uh, constantly getting wrapped up in things that don't actually matter, uh, having arguments online, and spending time doing things that aren't improving themselves and are really just you know, satiating a desire to be entertained or to be uh, fulfilled in a way that goes back to what we were saying before, looking for constant reassurances, you know, to continually reinforce their worldview and the way that they see things rather than looking for the truth, rather than dealing with the harsh reality, right, of certain things. Uh, Going through, and that's why you see, you know, older people still supporting and doing things that make zero sense at all, but they'll continue to do it and support it because even in some cases, like a large majority of people hold the belief as well with them. So it's like this shared reality belief about how, you know, how like, like a statement such as all vaccines are safe and effective or like anyone who's an anti-vaxxer is is this they're just an anti-vaxxer they're anti-science and like lumping folks who have questions about a particular vaccine like one in particular they just lump the whole thing in with your an anti-vaxxer anti-science you must be crazy conspiracy theorist versus actually looking and seeing well what what is the vaccine that they're talking about like which one for example to start with and then also, like, what are their points? What are their concerns? What are the questions that these parents have? You know, are there people being injured? Is there a whole database set up to record the injuries called the VARES database, you know, where it's probably not exactly accurate, but we can see that they're not exactly 100% safe and effective, that there are problems, right? So we can break things down. But if, again, you want to just concept, accept the consensus trends that the people that are anti-vaccine are just crazy conspiracy theorists, then we'll move on to the next slide here to understand more about that, where Travis Walton, who we mentioned earlier, says, I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perception of reality are compulsively filtered through the screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true. I kind of botched that a little, so I'll say it again here. It says, I've come to realize that the biggest problem anywhere in the world is that people's perceptions of reality are compulsively filtered through the screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true. So again, falling right in line with the theme here. It's not much different than what we've been saying. And again, I, I even had that first sl slide that I think basically is a, s a summary of what Travis said there, is that most people just want a constant reassurance of what they believe is the truth. And 
with that, we know it's people say the same thing about like the scientific community, right? That the scientific community is, oh, it's uncorruptible. And, and there, for certain things to be happening, you, you would like vaccines being a nefarious operation to actually cull the population and control the population and, and deploy mass eugenics on the population, which is what I personally view mass vaccinations as. And these mRNA shots are another, uh, you know, loop in that belt or whatever the saying is. They're another ring in the ladder. They're another step in that direction. Uh, it's it's about reducing the population, and that's why, you know, even Bill Gates. Not that he's just the end all be all evil guy, and it's only him we need to worry about. But he he has publicly stated that vaccines can be used to reduce the population. I mean, that's something that in their pragmatic worldview they'll they'll see that as the way to go because it's it makes sense to them to do that right it's not some crazy conspiracy theorist that this is the way that it is that's just the way that it is but to think that science is only about seeking the truth and when i say the like science i'm talking about scientism like the cult of science the cult of the experts the the one scientific truth that everybody needs to understand, even though science is really about constantly changing the theory and adapting to the new information to make sure it fits within the theory. And if it doesn't, then that theory needs to be, you know, improved and bettered upon. That's what science is. And the scientific method, you know, involves a procedure for discovering more about the truth of our material reality and also hinges on things like logic and other things which are not material necessarily. So without getting lost there, let me make my point about science is that people will say, well, the, the, but the, you'd have, for what that to be true, whatever it is, the point you're saying, they'd all have to be in on it, right? Because they perceive that community, the scientific world, as something that is only structured by the truth only. And everyone is purely putting out only truthful and factual information and there's no there's no financial skewing of anything going on there's no perception management of anything going on there's not other reasons why people might need grants and funding and not necessarily solve a problem in the way that it should be solved but in the way that gives them a longer career right those are simple things that you could see that could corrupt that process of science in the overall way you know but so it's not just about truth but that's another belief system that people hold that they can they can just trust the experts and if there were any conspiracy the experts would have told them by now right and they don't i mean that's that's a total fallacy fallacious way of seeing the world and it's also to the next slide here moving forward is from epictetus a greek stoic philosopher who says it's impossible to begin to learn that which one thinks one already knows. You can't, you can't learn new things if you've already got your mind made up about it. And even the scientific consensus at the time is going to change. You know, as we've seen, as our, we have so much rapid data and I'm, a globalist, a global community, a global communication system, and 
so much data to go along with it that we, when it's frightening and something like COVID happens, we have this data that comes out, right? And here are the facts. And then everybody starts to wrap and revolve around that fact and that point that we're at in the, in the research and understanding of the event during that time when everybody needs the solutions right now, right? But then we saw that it would change, things would change. And that's, of course, not like, oh, well, things shouldn't change. And, you know, people can go back and say, now that we have this new data, here is actually what's happening now. So that's what I'm saying there is that we can, and if we're not available to new information, if we're not looking at the new information, and we think we already know, and this, this is not just, you know, with like the pandemic or something, but many things like, oh, no, you know, the democracy is the best. And, you know, this is the best way to go about things. And, any other thing that people try to say is wrong and they're just crazy and we've already got it all figured out. And so I do my, you know, my voting and I I do my taxes and we do it this way. And this is just the way that it is. Right. And we send our kids to public school and we let the government fund our child's education. And then, you know, we, we get to complain and we get to have our, our school board meetings. And so we are actually in control of the curriculum. Right. And unless, we're willing to accept that there's a bigger picture going on and look into someone's work like John Taylor Gatto and uh, the Prussian education system and Charlotte Iserby's work and how education's actually been used as a tool to control the masses for a long time. And it's not just a, an American thing. And, uh, you know, this, that particular system was also developed and, and brought into as a system the Prussian education system into Japan, for example. And all across the world, we have this model now being deployed. And it's a very useful tool for the state to be able to control and mold its citizens and propagandize them. Right? But if but if we think that it's, oh, no, no, that's not what school is about at all. You know, it's it's about just doing the best we can for the children and making sure there's no child left behind right, then if you think you already know it all, and then you won't be willing to look into any other aspects of that, right? And so that goes along with this next slide, which says, the truth is not what you want it to be. It is what it is, and you must bend to its power or live a lie. And that's Miyamoto Musashi that said that. And as far as I understand, I don't have the source of like where that was written, but that person is a Japanese uh, swordsman, philosopher, strategist, and, you know, back in like 1584 to 1645. So some of these quotes may not necessarily, I mean, if quotes, if you look up quotes a lot of the time that people repeat, and I, back when I made this series, I tried to make it more, you know, legitimate quotes that actually came from places. But there are some quotes out there that are really hard to source and actually prove if they're true quotes. And there is a lot of that passed around in the, in the quote unquote freedom community or truther, I guess truther people, you know, there are all kinds of, of quotes that are not sourceable that are passed around. But Really, the essence of that quote is what we're trying to get at. The truth is not what you want it to be. It is what it is. It's simple, right? That's so simple. And if if you, and so that's, uh, of course, assuming objective truth and objective reality. 
a solipsist might say, well, there is no objective truth and objective reality. And you can't even come to know it whatsoever at all. And we don't even know if reality exists, or if it's just me in my head, this is all happening in, in my brain, or I'm creating this reality, like, and if and not that I know that, but you don't know it either. And that's sort of like, that's that sort of solipsistic way of looking at the world is you can't really come to know anything. And they, they communicate that as a truth statement, right? And and then you would, you know, ask, that begs the question, well, then is that statement true, Mr. Solipsist? You know, Mr. Materialist, Atheist, uh, there is no truth necessarily, it's more of a perception. Well, there is a truth, the, you know, and th that's the point, is that you can't make a statement of truth if you're also claiming that there isn't truth, and there isn't an objective reality, or there isn't objective truth at all, then... You can't make a truth claim while refuting truth. That's a contradiction. But of course, these people don't care about contradictions, right? And so that's a different way of looking at the world, going back to worldview paradigms. And if that's the way they look at the world, then, you know, what does it matter? What does it matter if we just devolve into the metaverse Furby LARPing all day, you know, with our feeding tubes plugged in, and if there's really no objective morality or truth, and it doesn't really even matter, then why would it matter, you know, at all, as long as I'm getting my happiness principle, as long as I'm in the pleasure principle, as long as I'm being stimulated, and getting my brave new worldian groove on, then what does it matter, you know, if, if people are basically enslaved and owned by some central communist authority state, that grows them from birth and, you know, tags, vaccinates and tracks and controls them 100%. Why does that even matter? You know, as long as they're, those people are feeling good and feeling good chemicals and feeling happy, then does freedom even matter? You know, and so it's important, I think, to understand that that could be out there. Those types of worldviews are out there. And if that, that's where they're at, you're probably not going to convince them how important freedom is or how important objective morality or truth is or facts, you know, because those those types of people are telling you that they don't even think you can come to know any real facts. And if if that's true, and then also all these other things are true, like Travis Walton said, that most people are just filtering the world through the, you know, screening mesh of what they want and do not want to be true, then we're in big trouble. You know, that, that puts us in a position where we aren't up against just getting people the facts. We're not up against, you know, helping people understand that if they just understood these certain things and watched these certain documentaries, right, and went through like this particular truth or mythology, that it's it's the Rothschilds, right? Like we've said, we, I don't know why I always say the Rothschilds, but it's this group. It's the as long as you understand that President uh, George Walker Bush and and John Kerry were in the skull and bones together, <clears throat> which is an interesting point. But as long as you know that all the presidents are related to the Queen of England. And the central banks are bad, and it's the secret, it's the Jekyll Island meeting. As long as you know about the, the, the creature from Jekyll Island, 
which totally doesn't put the weight of the whole thing on Congress and our current system of government, but takes, you know, G. Edward Griffin's book, which is a tremendous work, but sort of creates this other mythology, the secret Jekyll Island meeting, and they just pulled one over on everybody, and nobody knows what really to do, it, and, and doesn't put the, the problem square on the shoulders of the Congress that allowed that central bank to infiltrate and take over and still continue to allow it to go on, you know, and it, it's just, oh, it, it, it's the Rothschilds and the Warburgs and, and, the, and the Rockefellers, oh, oh, the Rockefellers. David Rockefeller, did you hear what he said? You know, uh, again, I mean that's that's all good, but of course we need to have like certain information that people can go through to start to see things in a more clear way to be able to break it down and putting out that information in a, a detailed fashion, you know, in in big ways which people have done is very important. So I'm, I'm not making fun of that idea of like getting the information out there. But we need to know that then when we when we sit down next to the guy at the cafe or the, the get into the conversation with the stranger or the, the co-worker at work about these things, and you're like, well, you know, did you know this? Did you know that? And then they start to call you crazy or just kind of put you, you know, in another category or even tell you like, that's the con- a conspiracy theorist. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Say things like that, right? That you understand why. It's because they're not trying to uh, seek the truth out and looking for every little morsel of it that they can find. They're looking to protect the the mountain that they've built up in their mind that is the way that the world is built and the way the world works, right? They want to add to that. They don't want you coming and taking away from that that hill that they've built that they're now, you know, feeling protected by this this. Uh, illusion that they've created in a lot of cases of how the world actually works and what you know around the facts around certain events and you know that that there's no way that it could that my perception could be completely managed and not anywhere near like how the reality actually works at that point you're threatening what seems to them as their very existence you're threatening something in them that to them feels like you're threatening their very survival because they they can't manage to tear down their whole worldview their whole entire complete worldview in order to start fitting in these new pieces that don't fit into that they can now i'm not saying that they really can't i'm saying that they think that they can't or they don't want to it's in a lot of cases it's cowardice and laziness those are things that are true but it's also protection of that worldview and this is not just your average person. There's definitely this happening all across the board. This happens in the freedom movement. This happens in, you know, the uh, a, a right or left wing paradigm type person or someone who's uh, a tenured professor. Obviously, you know, they have reasons to not allow uh, their worldview paradigm that they're promoting and their base assumptions to be challenged even if they know that they're wrong they may still be holding those beliefs for a career position right or trying to a lot of you it what is the saying like it's something like you can't prove a man that prove to someone that something's a lie if their income depends on it i don't even know i could probably take some time to look that up but it's something like that where if someone's livelihood depends on it 
and they may even deep down kind of understand that it's bullshit, but they'll still defend it and still hold it up as something that they need to do or that is correct or that if it's especially if their whole what they perceive as their livelihood, which is really ego, they're they're still stuck and aren't even going to ever break out of their survive their needs oh my paycheck what about my debt how am i going to pay off my credit cards oh how will i pay my my car payment you know because they have so they have to live a lie in order to still continue to do what they perceive as survival which there are other ways in the world to survive and there are other ways to get about <clears throat> achieving the things that that person might need right that person can still take care of those things. It might be harder. They might have to change their whole life around. They might need to completely shift the way that they make their income around to something else. But instead, they're going to live the lie, right? Like Miyamoto Musashi said. He said, truth will not is not what you want it to be. It is what it is, and you must bend to its power or live a lie. And that being said, you know, that's what we're up against when we're talking about changing people's minds or get, getting them the truth, right? The truth that you've discovered. So I don't know what that means for you. I don't know if that means it doesn't mean stop what you're doing. If, if your goal is to try to help enlighten and wake up humanity, it just means that the approach probably needs to change. And it doesn't have to. I mean, we can ignore this. these philosophers like Epictetus who realized this. It is impossible to begin to learn that which one thinks one already knows. I mean, yeah, if someone thinks that they've got all the information, then, you know, it's like, it's like trying to break down a solid piece of granite to get that person to realize that they might not be seeing it the right way. They, they may be so hardened that they are not going to break that down, especially when they think, oh, I've already, I've already attained all the information. I've already got the degree. I've got the PhD on the wall. How could anything that anyone else is saying ever be, you know, true versus like what I've come to learn with my scholarship and my job and my career path that I've chosen, my flattering title of doctor. You know, there's no way that the medicine we're practicing could be harmful to people. Uh, the the Rockefeller-based medicine system, it, it's the Rothschilds, it's the Rockefellers. No, I'm just kidding. But they're, you know, uh, there's no way that our vaccination schedules could be harming these children. In fact, I'm my whole life, I'm making tons of money by giving all these vaccines. I've, I've got boats to pay for and RVs and my, my second home that all need payments paid on. So as we continue to unfold this vaccine program on these children and, you know, causing them all kinds of problems, that's not caused by what I'm doing or, you know, what, what I've been taught that is the proper way, you know, to immunize these children. And it's so it's, it's not that they're sitting there like, yes, what we and Bill Gates are planning to depopulate and we're going to do it through my doctor's office. Ha 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 ha. Like that's not, that is not what's happening. It's, it's what we've been talking about in this episode with that person, right? That, that they'd rather, you know, 
explain those things away and not accept them and and be reassured that what they think is the truth and not you know ever face those things and filter it through the mesh right of what they want and not and and don't want to be true and in that state they can you know just ignore truth ignore the facts ignore any other way of looking at it and instead continue to do the behavior that is actually harming children, harming families, harming people. And they're just making all kinds of money and and loving it. So you're not going to convince that person that what they're doing is wrong. And they'll try to convince a parent who's said, well, no, you've clearly injured my child here. You know, they'll convince them otherwise. No, no, there's no evidence that that's ever happened, right? There's that that's not a thing that that happens from vaccines. We hear this all the time that parents who are who are trying to confront the doctor or you know the doctor's office that they get back no no that's not a thing ma'am uh, you that's not how that works so uh, you're incorrect that the brain inflammation that was caused one day after the, your child got the vaccine that's not linked together uh, that's sudden sudden infant death syndrome i don't know it just suddenly they just die i don't know uh yeah so it, it's very nefarious how these things can unfold and that's what you can get you can end up getting people who are well-meaning maybe in the beginning of their career uh end up harming mass amounts of patients and you know just saying no it's it's just the way this is how it is like we don't know what's happening to, to to these people that are being injured right and have that cognitive dissonance and when and when again their career and livelihood depends on it then yeah that's going to be not that not that we can be like oh we i could understand why they're like that no that's the problem that's what we need to fix that's what we need to address is that we think you know i mean this is a sickness in humanity this is this is something that we're our value system is all screwed up our way of stacking up uh the the world view is inverted it's corrupt you know that the truth is at the bottom and everything else is above it you know your comfort your happiness your career your freedom not the truth that we should strive to promote and constantly adhere to not because we're in some kind of truth cult (laughs) but because that will help reduce you know problems like we've been talking about with with the uh, with the vaccines, right? And the doctor being paid to basically harm people on a mass level and ignoring it, and all the investors are happy because their products and the vaccines are some of the best products that they could ever invest in ever. It's a it's the pharmaceutical industry is helping keep the markets up, don't you know? And we got to keep the stock market up. That's that's the other big lie, you know, that the stock market is what is what is where all the abundance comes from so we have to keep that going we have to keep the whole corporate greed you know planned obsolescence using people as consumers we need to keep that going and so let's get them to consume our expensive medical products that make us billions of dollars you know this is the value system that we're operating on and with that being said, unfortunately, I'm out of time today, even though we're not at even an hour yet, we're going to cut that episode here, uh, episode 18, because I've got things I've got to go on and get to. 
I try to wake up as early as I can and get prepared for the day and sit down and record the episodes. And it's been a struggle. You know, it's been difficult to adopt to that pattern. But of course, as I've been saying here, if 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 we're not willing to change to try to work harder on these things and promote these value systems of truth, freedom, and prosperity in the real sense of the word freedom and not political legal freedom that's given to us by the law, but a real understanding that we can then enact in our own life and try to help other people understand that as well. That's worth changing my life around for. That's worth you know, not being able to stay up as late. And I'm making a sacrifice there by like literally not spending extra time with my family in order to get up and do this, in order to spend the time doing this and deciding, you know, to put my will towards that effort. And so I hope it's appreciated. Even if it's not, it's something I'll continue to do and continue to put out the work and we'll continue down the falling of the movement traps and we'll move on in the slide deck. We just really starting to just kind of break it open still. Got a little bit off track today in the beginning. So tomorrow we'll sit down and we're just going to get right into it and go through the slide deck and go through the points without um, opening up into new age cults and drug cults and festival cults and all that as we got off into today. Um, but hey, you know, this is uh, it's free flowing. I'm not highly editing these episodes. It's it's early in the morning and sometimes the, the neurons aren't firing as fast as they are at like three three in the afternoon, which is something I'll have to think about. Like is that you know, later on I've I've thought about doing an episode a week in times where I, I'm not able to keep up with the work or you know, have then having more time to prepare and then executing, you know, at different times of the day. Cause because the whole morning thing is great to get up and like work on this right away but then also it's a struggle and on days when you're not you know feeling it like you know how it is people out there it's hard to get up and jump on it right away with you know your brain might not be 100 percent ready to do that that day but anyway these are problems i'll figure out and again in the beginning of the episode i openly asked for feedback you know we're almost 20 episodes into this series so it's not that I'm obligating you and I don't want, you know, to get into an argument about some point that I've made here or something in a chat. Um, I'm willing to do those things. I'm willing to get into discussions with people and even like have a call. We want to have a, a quick call or even record the conversation and just get, you know, we need to have that open forum. And that's what the feedback is about too, is just not getting too deep into this without hearing things. You know, I hear things from like friends or um, person, you know, Cassandra has given me some feedback and that's appreciated, but uh, we don't want to get too far down here without getting some interaction from the audience. And, you know, I'd, I'd invite you to hop into the discord server from tylerbloyer.com. And as we build up the freedoms rising audience, we'll have that, you know, we do have a discord server there as well, but there are really only like four people in there where, uh, in the tylerbloyer.com discord, I guess is where I'm asking people if they want to interact with the show, that would be a good place for now. And we'll end it there for today. Appreciate everyone for listening. Thanks. And we'll talk to you soon.